Welcome, everybody, to the Men for Life podcast. We are at my living facility here, uh, the Broad Ridge in Philadelphia today. And um, I've got with me my co-pilot, Pete DeMaio. And we've got Antoine Robinson in the house. We also have a first-time guest, long-time listener, Vincenzo DeMaio. Vincenzo, say hi, man. Hello, everyone. And we have Alyssa DeMaio, although we're not sure that she's going to want to participate or not. It's up to her. We're giving her the option if she's inspired to participate, but she doesn't have to. In the meantime, so what we just did, everybody. I love you, honey. Right. We love <laughs> you regardless of what you decide to do, but we would love for you to, to weigh in. We just finished a rosary walk in the Kensington neighborhood of Philadelphia, and we wanted to get the young guy's opinion of what they saw down there and just get some reflections on this. It was a rainy day with the Sisters of Life in Philadelphia, Sister Maeve, and all the other sisters from the Philadelphia of Life convent. And so um, we wanted to hear a little bit about what the young guys and girl, if she wants, thought about that. And um, that's basically going to be what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, we are going to, as usual, start off in prayer. Mr. DeMaio, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. God, um, coming from Kensington just now, I would um, these human beings are our brothers and sisters, and regardless of how they got there, uh, they need you, uh, they need us, uh, they need themselves, and they need to make a decision to start to live a more virtuous life and get away from the vice that has basically just um, taken them over. So I would just ask you to watch over uh, them, especially as we're entering into winter and it's becoming extremely cold out. And please give us the strength to continue to go down and serve and all the wonderful people that go down uh, to serve down there. And um, thank you for the Sisters of Life uh, and their presence there and um, uh, um, Pope John Paul II, pray, for, pray us. for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray, for, pray us. for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to have like an incoherent babbling of prayer. It's just when you're coming, number one, it's wet and cold. We're soaking wet from praying down there. We prayed all four rosaries, and we walk around. It's almost like putting like a box of just Mary's love and prayer over this this place in Kensington. If you haven't ever been there or seen it, um, you just pull it up on YouTube. Right now, it's probably ranked the worst area in the entire United States of America, possibly even worldwide. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just, you're, you're literally walking over just heroin caps, hundreds or thousands of them. It is just, it's just a, just a terrible place. And so anyway, it's, and, and, and it's, and it definitely does something to you when you're there by being there. Um, so on one hand you leave with this wonderful, joyous feeling because when you look into these people's eyes and you hand them either a fresh pair of socks or a hat or a pair of gloves or a prayer card or something to eat or find out their first name and tell them your name and just smile at them and they smile back. Like you leave with a joyous, wonderful feeling. 
but you also leave with this terrible feeling just because we're going to get into our, our nice warm car and we're going to go to our warm homes. You know what I mean? And we're not plagued with this life and this, this, this addiction that they have. So we're going to go back to our normal lives. They, that is their life. So it leaves you just with an awful eerie feeling too. So as you had said, Andrew, um, we have Antoine with us and we have um, Vincenzo with yeah, us. So I'd, I'd like to get your guys. Boys. Yeah, I know you've been there before, but it'd be nice to to hear just, you know, what you think about this. I mean, this is for me, this is the difference between the life of vice and the life of virtue. And no one who's choosing vice, especially no young person, is planning on winding up there. Like like you always feel like you, Andrew and you and I have discuss this at length man at length and you always feel like you can control your vice like it's not going to take you over and but but the truth is when you're dabbling and playing with that fire that's the end game you and I discussed that like that's the end game on vice so anyway I just um it would be nice to get your guys perspective yeah, so Cinder, before you do the how old are you man tell us a little bit about yourself um I'm 10 years old where do you go to school? I go to Regina Luminous Academy. How do you like it? It's a really good school. Yeah. Really What's school. your favorite thing about it? Um, how kind everyone is there. Really? The Catholic, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's cool. This so guy's got Padre Pio stuff all over his bedroom now after <laughs> doing his project this year. So really? it's, it's pretty cool to watch that happen. Yeah. Where'd you go before? Did you always go there? No, I went to St. Dots. St. Dots. So you liked it better than St. Dots? Yeah. Awesome, man. That's great. And um, so what do you think? Yeah, your dad asked you, what do you think? What do you think of um, our experience? We just spent an hour walking through the worst, s the worst neighborhood in Philadelphia, probably the worst neighborhood as far as drugs and alcohol and everything goes in the country, if not the world. What did you think? Well, it was, w since we were praying, it was like, it was good, but just to see like all the people like injecting themselves with like heroin, all the trash everywhere. They all look terrible. And it's just they all look like weird and yeah. Why do you think what do you think got them there? Like in your opinion, how would somebody like they're all they didn't start out there. What do you think got them to that situation? Not paying attention to God and not like reflecting and all. Yeah, and like just Injecting themselves with heroin. Yeah. Mm. Antoine, what's your thoughts, my man? My dad had always told me um, that Kensington was like a zombie movie from as far back as I remember. Whenever I did something wrong, he's like, I'm going to take you to Kensington, and I'm going to show you what it's like up there. It's just a bunch of zombies and everything. And obviously the people up there aren't zombies. They're people too, and I love them with all my heart. It's not their fault entirely that they're there. It could have been... Their friends thought it was funny or to start doing drugs. They got peer pressured and everything. And I can never blame them fully for what they've done. But I just, it's such a shame that people have to live in the greatest country in the world, have to live like they do over in Kensington. And it's like people, I guess not people, but like I remember looking at an article earlier that said that Mexico is using Kensington as an example of like drug use and why it's bad and everything like that's crazy how can we stand for that i and it's crazy because people still still vote in the government that allows this to happen 
it's been what 50 years the same type of government and nothing has changed and people wonder why Kensington is still the way it is because the government doesn't do anything about it and people just keep voting for the same people and nothing changes and it's just like it's that's another reason not entirely their fault like how can you help or how can you help yourself when the government's not going to help you when other people are going to help you so it's just really a shame that that happens really let mm. me ask you a question Antoine because um, uh, Vincenzo is too young probably his, his like age cohort isn't dabbling in drugs but what how old are you 16 so at your age people are already <coughs> starting to play with this stuff maybe not at your school or maybe they are at your school I don't know mm -hmm. but I'm sure you know people who are playing around with drugs do you I do okay mm -hmm. Do you look at that any differently when you go down after taking a walk through a place like Kensington? Does that change your opinion about the people playing around the edges of this stuff, even in your world? Like they have a nice home, I'm assuming. They have a like they have family. What do you, how does that, how do you how does that change your how you look at that? Not to say that the kids at my school uh, ended up are if they do like if they okay let me let me about this so kids my age and I'm not gonna say if they go to my high school or not just in general will do drugs because they think it's cool and it's cool and it's funny and it's awesome ha 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 I'm doing drugs like my parents don't like it I'm gonna do it it's like a rebel thing what kind of drugs are they doing um like I think vaping is cool and all that type of stuff so weed vaping weed yeah all that stuff I'm I'm hoping they haven't migrated I guess to all the harder stuff I hope they don't. I pray they don't, but who knows. Um, but it just, it's crazy because for all I know, the people in Kensington came from the kids that I know. They used to be like them. They used to have a nice house, a loving family, go to a great school. And then one day one of their friends decides to like peer pressure into doing a drug and boom, now they're in Kensington, yep. worst place ever. So it, I already, from the start, had high sympathy for him, but after just seeing it happen in my school and just around and people my age, it just it just keeps increasing because I just feel so bad that out of everybody, why do they have to be the people who have to be in Kensington and have to suffer? Like, why do they have to suffer in the first place? Like, they didn't do anything to deserve it. So fun, it's fun fact, probably every single person in Kensington's first drug experience was marijuana. Every single person you saw there didn't start out using the drugs that they used. I would bet top dollar that they all started smoking weed. Would you agree, Pete? Would I will think? take that bet and give any dollar that I have toward mm -hmm. that bet, Andrew. That is 100% accurate. Yep. 100%. No one starts with heroin. Right. So and everyone's like, weed's okay. Yeah, look at what you just saw and... Um, weed is like the answer or was the beginning of every single one of those we stories. were told when we were younger that it was okay to to smoke weed which is now vaping weed and same, same same yeah and we were told that it was okay because it's fine it's really not any more harmful than you know alcohol in some ways it's better blah 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 and but we were told it's a gateway drug. And what they meant by that was that's going to now launch you on a lifestyle of drug use. So you will try other drugs. You right. and I were taught that. Right. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure that everyone's processing the fact that if you're at your local high school and this is happening in our Catholic high schools and you're vaping weed in the bathroom at school, that you're not processing the fact that you might be 31 years old and now you're one of the people that were walking past in Kensington. Right. You, d- you didn't take account for that. I mean, I picked a guy up at ShopRite out in our area a couple years ago. He had taken the L out to 69th Street and then walked over to the ShopRite and was you know, there begging for money. It was cold, so I picked him up and took him to the office. And as I'm talking to him and getting to know him, he's from Delaware County. He was a regular kid. He was 16 years old the first time that he tried heroin, and that was not his first drug. And yeah. now all of a sudden here he is 15 years later. He's 31 years old. He can't find his girlfriend because prostitution then you know comes into play down there, and it just turns into this just tangled mess. He couldn't find her. They had just been shot at and had some... Uh, gun wounds that he was telling me about, you know, from just prior a couple of weeks before. He didn't know if the same people came back together. So, so anyway, I just think that you're, that was the connection I think you were making, Andrew, is that this dabbling at Antoine's age, which you and I are very familiar with when you're 15, 16, 17 years old, we're not processing the fact that that might lead me to being in Kensington and I'm one of those people right. that we just encountered because in principle it's okay to do drugs then it's just a matter of like well i don't like weed as much you should try this other drug why not it feels different you might even like it better than weed mm-hmm. right because it's okay to do drugs right so then why not other drugs like why would you say no say oh well that drug's bad or you know. and Antoine, I think that your your dad was making a very very powerful parenting you know move or suggestion with you where he's saying if you want to know what the end game looks like. So whenever we start something, we should always have the end in mind. That's just a normal human thought process. We're not animals, we have a consciousness, you know, we have rational minds. Your dad I, I got to tell you, I say the same thing at home to our kids. Like they say, you know, it's like, hey, if you want to look at what that end game looks like, I'll show you what that end game looks like. If you do blank, it's going to end up being blank. And we would say the same thing, you know, like, hey, I'll take you down to Kensington. It's like zombie land. So good for your dad, Antoine, for trying to help you understand that if you start on that lifestyle, it might turn into that and you might lose control of it at some point. Lisa, do you want to tell us what your thoughts were about it? Um, so what's your name? Alyssa. And how, how are you connected to this group? To Kensington or to no, this no, group? No, to the DeMaios. <laughs> well. I am one. <laughs> <laughs> well, this well, you're my dad, obviously, and then Chenzo is my brother. Yeah, so you're you're one of Pete's children. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful to have you on the show for the first time, Alyssa. This is so great. We get two new DeMaio children on the Men for Life show today. There's still awesome. like 10 others. So Yeah, there's like a bunch of others. We've gotten now, yeah. we got, how many, we have Giovanni, we need, we have a couple more we got to grab. But anyway, in the meantime, how old are you? Because so, so people can't see you, so how old are you? 14. 14, so what, you're in eighth grade? No, I'm a freshman. Freshman, so you're in ninth grade. Yeah, I'll grade. be 15. Okay. 
So what was your experience like walking through Kensington and seeing what you saw today praying the rosary? Well, like we've been going since last year and I don't know, just kind of the same as what Chenzo and Antoine said, like, I don't, it's just hard to watch. And like, you think it would get like more like normal every time, like if you go like usually, but it just kind of like gets worse every time like you experience new things and you see more stuff that they're doing and it's just like hard to watch like knowing that it's going on in the world and then like you go back to your house and like it's like you don't have to go through anything like that but they're still going through it every day what do you think because you're probably also of a similar age where people are starting to dabble in your age group maybe not in your school but maybe not in your peer group or maybe they are but they're starting to dabble with drugs so this is the age where you are where people, like Pachenza's again a little bit younger, but like you're in, in high school, people are doing this stuff. So what is your, does, does going and seeing what you saw in Kensington today, does that change your opinion about what they're doing? Like maybe it's not so harm, harmless? Um, not really, because you kind of assume that that's what the people in Kensington were doing at that age, and then it just led to more. But, like, even I remember, like, on the first day of school, like, our dean of students came out, and she was, like, going through all the rules, and she's, like, and if we go in the bathroom, and a bunch of you are in a stall, and it smells like cotton candy or whatever, like, we all know what you're doing, and I was, like, oh, great, like, because everyone, it's not, like, it's, like, normalized, like, you know, like, everyone knows that people do it our age, and it's just, like, fine, like, you know. Do you have, do you know people that are smoking Smoking weed, smoking yeah, vaping. it's like vaping, yeah. Right, and what is what is their opinion? Like, th- I'm assuming that they think that they're like bulletproof, meaning like, oh, that it would never happen to me that I could get addicted in any way to any substance. Like, yeah. I'm just playing, I'm just having fun. Yeah, like people will say that it's just like whatever, and they're not going to get addicted. But like, I feel like most of the people are like on the verge of getting addicted, or they already are, even if it's just to like vaping but that only leads to more. So you notice already there's a sort of lie cycle that's happening to them within themselves. So you see them, hey, wait a minute. Like in the beginning, maybe last year you were smoking every once in a while. Now, like you're smoking all the time. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like the fact, yeah. And the fact that people can't even get through like a school day without vaping, like they have to go in the bathroom to do it. Like, you know, like it's just like you're, you're addicted. Like, right. I mean, and it's they don't only see it. Isn't it interesting? They don't see it. Yeah. Right? They don't see it. It's not, it's not on their consciousness. Interesting. So what would you, if anybody's, like if you're going to give a message to anybody listening to our podcast, the many thousands of people that will eventually hear this show, <laughs> what would you say to someone if they're you know, of the age where their friends are beginning and they haven't decided to do it or not to do it? What would you say to them from what your experience is? Um just i think it's a good idea to go out to places like kensington to just see like that's what the aftermath is of doing it for some people and like you don't need to do it in order to be cool like you can find a group like especially if you go to like a bigger school you can always find a group of people that aren't doing stuff like that where do you go villa maria villa maria okay how do you like it there i like it awesome it's nice awesome yeah Great. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. That's <laughs> awesome. So she, you weren't going to join. What made you decide? What inspired you to say to uh, speak to speak to the people? I, don't know, I feel like I'm just agreeing with some of the stuff you say, and I like putting my input in. So. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. We'd like to hopefully uh, hear more from your from your side. So, 
I don't know, Pete, what is your thought as a father seeing all this? Like, what is you like, you know, because, you know, I, I don't have any kids. So, like, when I see those people out there, I probably am affected by it in a different way than you are because you see them and you could be like, those are, like, young people out there. Like, those could be my children. You're, you're tugging on my heartstrings. Um, I, there's nothing that I love more than our children. Nothing. So it's very, very difficult for me because the world we're living in now is not the same world we were living in just a short 10 or 20 years ago. And it's not because Trisha, my wife and I got older. It's because it's really changed like dramatically. Um, our kids have access to pornography at any second of the day on their phones all day long. They have access to drugs, vaping. They go to Catholic schools and people are still vaping in the stalls that Alyssa, as Alyssa just described. It's a different world. And there is a part of me that almost just wants to be like the Amish family where we're just move out to the farm in the middle of nowhere and I keep my kids protected. As ridiculous as that sounds. It doesn't I, sound ridiculous at all to me. I love them. So there's, sound. yeah, well, that's how I feel. And Trisha and I have this conversation all the time. Like, how do we protect them and keep them in a bubble? How do we keep them away from this? And Trisha says to me, which is she is she's strong and she's very interesting. And, and she says, you know, honey, at some point the world is going to come into their 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 view their focus their you know it's going to be part of their landscape so are they going to be prepared at that point when when that does happen you can only keep them in a bubble for so long essentially you know and so her point is i want them to be mainstreamed and be around it but i want us to give them all of the love all of the values to have god in their life to give them the things that you and i maybe were lacking in you know, when yeah, we were younger yeah, yeah. that, so she said, I want them, basically she was describing formation. I want them to be so well formed that they can be around all the worldliness and know, Hey, I'm in this world, but I'm one of God's children. I'm not of this world. So I'm in this world, but I'm not of it. And I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I can be around it and just not partake in, in, you know, in all of it. So that's what Trisha wants to do. And our kids are regular kids. They're just, you know, so they're probably going to make some, you know, some mistakes here or there along the way, but that's, but for me as the dad, I kind of just want to pull us off the, you know, off the grid and just, and, but I don't know that that's the right answer. I think, I think when Vincenzo was on retreat with us last year, I think something really stuck out to him. And you were a little guy, man. You were nine years old at the time. And Father Thomas Mary was on retreat with us. So this is the Malvern Retreat House, Men's Retreat, Knights of Immaculata, St. Maximilian Kolbe. And there was a Father Thomas Mary who is a Carmelite hermit. And he gave one of the most powerful retreats I'd ever seen. Chenzo, can you tell us what stuck out to you about Father Thomas Mary and that weekend? Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> one of the things that stuck out to me was in the movie Fatima, he, uh, Mary literally tells us to pray the rosary like every day basically, like on a daily basis, pray the rosary. And what he said is if you don't pray the rosary, it's you're not only like not worshiping God or like Mary, 
because you're not praying it, but you're literally worshiping the devil because you're not praying or doing what you're supposed to be doing, like going to church or whatever. I remember him saying that, and I didn't know if that stuck out to you at all, but I remember he said that probably 25 times that weekend to a point where it just had to sink in, right? He said, I want you to think about this. You're either worshiping God or you're worshiping the devil, one or the other. There isn't an in-between, and I know that is super strong language, and most of us don't want to hear it, but he said it enough time that times that weekend where... It, and he gave plenty of concrete, you know, like support to what he was saying that that Vincenzo got in the car and he said, did you hear that, dad? Like, if we're not worshiping God, we're basically worshiping the devil. Right, Vincenzo? Yeah. And and I think Father Thomas Mary said, you know, even as Catholics, he said, I don't think that anyone's standing there in the in the pew and they're not formally apostatizing, you know, um, apostatizing would be. Um, you're, you're literally like just, you know, they would, they would force you, um, in certain places in the world where you would have to denounce your belief in God or else they were going to kill you. So you had that moment. It was like gun to the head moment. It was, I'm either going to be a martyr right now for Christ or I'm going to apostatize. So he said, I don't think anyone's formally apostatizing, you know, like they're in church, but he said, that's essentially what we're doing every time we don't make God first in our life and we turn to something else, whatever that something is. So as you were just saying, Vincenzo, Hey, if I have 20 minutes in my day, I can either pray the rosary with that 20 minutes or I can go and do something else. What is that other thing? Is it vice or is it virtue? Totally. Did you want to add anything else about Father Thomas Mary or that retreat or, or any other retreat? Tell me about Padre Pio because you just did your pro pro project on Padre Pio. Um, what stuck out to you about him as, as a saint? Because he's from the last 100 years. So, and he experienced, for anyone who doesn't know Padre Pio, he experienced the stigmata. So tell me, and there's plenty of documentation on this just in the last 100 years. Well, the way he stuck out to me is like, he was just a normal person like us. But like at an early age, he like, I think it said at the age of five, he would like dedicate his life to God. And like, <clears throat> the fact that he could like perform miracles is just like amazing because he was just like a normal person and he sticks out to me because I worry a lot and one of his most famous quotes is pray hope and don't worry so yeah what are you worried about Chenzo everything I don't know <laughs> <laughs> my little brother Giovanni nothing happens to him mm. that's one of the things like when we're going somewhere, like say we're in Disney World, there's so many people there and like I don't want them to get lost or something. So that's one of the things I worry about. Yeah. You're so much like daddy. I was a total worrier when I was little. It's, it's, I watch him sometimes and I say, oh man, this poor little guy has too much daddy in him. For our listeners, Vincenzo, um, how many sports do you play or what sports do you play? Um, I play uh, four sports. I play lacrosse, baseball, basketball, and football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite? Football. Football, yeah. yeah. What position do you play? Running back and defensive end. And who's the def best defensive end in the entire world? Me. 
besides you. TJ Watt. TJ <laughs> Watt from the Steelers. Um, very, very normal. Um, we have very normal children for our, and, um, and they're part of the world, but they try, we're trying to keep God in their lives because we figure if they have God in their lives, hopefully that'll, that'll help them on this journey. And then, um, because Trish and I know if we had to pinpoint something, what was lacking for us maybe was having God in our lives when we were younger and not having enough formation and being able to make those, those, you know, those necessary decisions, you know, cause we're all faced with decisions on a daily basis. And what decision do we make? I mean, there's people that are going to the rock today that we walked in on one of their AA meetings and last those, stop. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I said the rock, the last stop. Yeah. Eddie Z wonderful man out in Chicago, trying to do the same thing in Chicago that he did here in Philadelphia, um, in Kensington. So there's those people that are trying to get clean and they're making that decision today. And then there's other ones that, that are not. So it's our daily decisions that are going to matter. Um, Did you have something to say? <laughs> I mean, just like along with what you said, like, you don't want to blame it all on the person that was like that they're doing drugs or whatever, but they do have that option to go get clean at places like that. So just kind of being there and like letting them know that like they're loved and they have that option waiting for them is like just a good thing to do. So when somebody says it's not their fault, what do you think when you hear that? Um, I think that it's good to know that everything that you do has a consequence to it. So I don't think it's not, I don't know if I would say it isn't their fault, but I wouldn't blame it all on them because just living in the world is definitely like a big temptation, but you have to be strong enough to know that you can not be tempted. Or not not be tempted, but not to give in give to in the to temptation. Because tempt- yeah. we're all tempted. I mean, uh, those drugs, people do them for a reason, because they feel good, right? That's why people are allure. That's why, that's the allure of the drug, is that it feels good. And they do, right? Or else people wouldn't throw away their whole lives if it wasn't feeling good. So there is a piece of that. So the question is, is the temptation is real, question is is do you are you able with god's help to not give in to the temptation it's the same with all by the way all these addictions it's not just drugs i mean it's the same with sex or pornography um the same with could be you could argue the same thing with people have an addiction to their work just working all the time people have an addiction to the internet just addicted all day. So any compulsive behavior that you're doing over and over and over again, mostly to escape pain. Yeah. I think it's definitely like just like a sense of like kind of feeling alone or like it's kind of just like a coping process, Mm -hmm. I guess, to like where you wind up like that. But I don't know. Antoine, what do you think? What are your friends, the friends of yours who are doing drugs? And if you talk to them about it, how, what do they report to you? Meaning, what is their like? Are they like, "Hey, man, this is awesome. You should do it," or, you know, like, what do they? What is? Do they talk about it, or there's no? It's not really a conversation topic. I mean, the one kid who. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the one kid who I really know uh, who like has been doing it. He he vapes, and he told me it's because if he 
doesn't do it, he'll go to actual smoking. Like he uses the vape as a way not to have to smoke, which I smoke guess. Weed. Yeah, no, I don't know if it's weed specifically, but I just know like smoking in general. I didn't, I didn't ask. Maybe it is. I don't know, but I don't feel like it's any better. And I mean, it's still bad no matter what. It should shouldn't just substitute something for something else because it it's better. Air quotes. Um, but I mean. I'm sure some of the people I know do do it for just, it's fun. Um, you know, it's cool. All my friends do it. It makes me look cool. Um, it's nice. It's good. But it's not, we try and just not bring it up because there's so many differing opinions on it. And at the end of the day, we just want to get through high school. Uh, some people do it with other ways, that being drugs. Some of us do it just by getting up. And What are some of the on. other addictive behaviors you see around you? In the, in the friend groups that you have or the peer groups that you run in? A lot of my friends are, like, addicted to caffeine and stuff. and Like so just drinking coffee after yeah, coffee. Call, like, after just putting caffeine in everything, like water and bring it in, stuff like that. Coffee. Um, I don't, personally, I think coffee is terrible. And you don't like it? I hate it. It's disgusting. I don't know how people drink it, but... You're wrong about that. I'm not right? wrong. It's just <laughs> the truth. It's Italian. No, no coffee here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's just so many addictions some people don't see as addictions, so I would never know. Like, my friend might play video games all the time, but he doesn't consider it an addiction, so I would never know, you know? So there's just a whole bunch of things that people may be addicted to that I would never know. I would never know why they do it unless they come to me about it and tell me, and they want help, so... Mm. Chenzo, let me ask you a question. So, if you're you're a young guy and you're you're talking about prayer, do you think that if people had God in their life in a real way, that they would be doing drugs also? Um, no, because <coughs> like what I said before, there's like if you like if you have God in your life and you like go to church or whatever, you go to confession. And then you like are doing drugs. That's like there's no in between. It's either God or the devil. Like that's you're kind of like thinking that there's like an in between, but there's not. It's like just worship one person. Strong, strong, Shinzo. I like that. We were talking about on the ride over the idea that what C.S. Lewis line. My one of my favorite lines that blows me away is that the um, it's the it's the love of God that lights the fires of hell. In that, what 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 that means is that these people who are chasing these things that are not going to satisfy them, that desire that's causing them to do that, is really desire for God's love. And so when they when you take your desire, your heart's desire for God's love, and you try to find a home for that in the world, so you have this natural desire, everybody, to love God. You were designed by God to love God. So when you take that natural desire and you try to plug it in anywhere, whether it's sex, whether it's money, whether it's drugs, whether it's exercise, you will always go. It will, it will not, the, the, it doesn't fit because it, God is, you, that is the ultimate of what it is that you're looking for. So if you stay home there, 
and stay connected to God in the way that you're doing with prayer and confession and church, then the temptations, the devil can't, can't get in to that. That's not, you won't be, you won't be, because the devil's the father of lies. All of this is about these people believed the lies that the drugs were telling them. Like you're saying, Alyssa, your friends, oh, well, I'll just do, I'll just do it once. I'll just try weed. And then, you know, six months, two years later, that trying of weed is now a weed habit. And maybe at some point, and it's probably just a matter of time, when somebody shows up with a pill at a party, and you smoked a bunch of weed and it's not getting you to the same place that it used to get you, even though you've plugged that thing in your mouth a hundred times that, whatever, however many times that day, it's not getting you to the same place. So somebody shows up and says, this can get you to a new place, right? And it doesn't work and that's the cycle of addiction and that's what ends up um, there. And that's why we went in there today to try to rescue those people through God's love to say, look, there's another way. What you guys are really looking for is what we have here in the rosary, what we have in prayer. That's what you're looking for. And so you could see it in their eyes. They're looking at us like, what is this? You know, Because really, if you go down to Kensington, the only thing you see are Christians or these drug addicts. Like That's really it. There's nobody else down there. You don't see the yoga people down there. <laughs> you don't see like Buddhists bur like meditating on the corner. I'm not saying these are bad people, but really what you see is you see Christians of different denominations and drug addicts. So the Christians are trying to go down there and we're trying to say to these people, it's God's love that you're looking for. And if you guys never leave that love, then you won't go down that other path. But if you leave that, then God help you. Like, like you said, there's only a, one other option. What's your other option? That's it. I was just asking that uh, the children have just started going to youth group by our older ones. Um, it was shut down during COVID, but then just came, you know, back about, about. And so they've been going and they really enjoy it. And they enjoy like the new groups of friends that they're meeting. And there's 40 or 50 kids that are showing up every Thursday night. So, honey, is there anything that you wanted to say about yeah, that of, of, you know, of you seeing the difference between one set of friends versus another set of friends. And maybe Antoine, it's maybe a similar experience for you as well. Did you want to say something about that? Um, yeah, I feel like last year I was just kind of, a lot was going on and like, I think it's just the sense of like feeling alone. And then we go to this youth group and it's like seeing like going through life, like with God is like, when you see the two different sides, like going through with sin and then knowing that you have God there, like it makes it so much easier because you're not alone, like you always have him. So I don't know. I feel like it was just like such like a full circle, like feeling for me to like be there. When you go to youth group. You yeah. Mean. And what's it like? So it's, it's basically a group of Catholics coming together, young people. And what do you guys do? What is your, what is the activity? So basically we kind of just go and like hang out in the beginning. And then Mr. A from Shanahan, he, we read the gospel of the week and then we kind of just discuss it. And then we go to adoration. And then you hang out, pizza, yeah. food, whatever. 
And it sounds like that would be like really like pe some people might hear that and say like oh that sounds like weird or whatever. But to you, it's like you really it's really enjoyable and it's a lot of fun to be around other people that are also interested in the same thing. Yeah, like last year when my, our dad was telling us to go, I was like, "What is this?" Like I was, we were I was so not excited like to go. You're coming on this podcast. You're yeah. Like, <laughs> like you're not really. And then all of a sudden, you got fired up. <laughs> But then we got there. Now we, now we can't get the mic away from you. <laughs> but then we got there and it's just like, now I can't picture like my life without going there because it's just become like a habit. And it's like, it's kind of like a safe place for me, I guess, because you can just go there and know that everyone there is kind of going through the same thing. Right. And, yeah. Right. And if you're like in a difficult place and you're hanging around sort of like a public school or whatever, you might be tempted to go into the wrong crowd to get comfort. Yeah. Because it, like if you're com if you're like feeling weird or whatever, had a bad week or a bad day, and it's like, hey, here's this like yeah. I've got this really easy solution to that. Yeah, you can Just either like comfort like through sin or you can comfort through God. Amen. So, amen. How about you, Antoine? What do you think? What's your uh, what's your experience? How do you find groups of people that you can be with that are not going to take you in the wrong direction? Um. I just, I mean, I've gone to Catholic school my entire life, so, I mean, most of the people there have been, at least up until high school, I've just been all around great people. Awesome. And you're not even Catholic, right? I know, yeah. But you're, we're bringing you, we're bringing you home. <laughs> we're working on you. The Lord's working on you. Uh, <laughs> it's a topic for another time. I just lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so, I mean, back in, like, middle school, obviously, no one's really doing anything crazy, so it's just, like... Everything's cool and fine, but once you get to high school, you get beef, people fighting, everything just crazy because they think they're so cool. But when you find a group of people that, like, share your interests, like, you're cool, you do stuff, and, yeah, and like, after school, on the weekends, like, you guys just hang out, and, like, you know one another personally. Like, my friends, some are like, you know me better than I know me. Like, mm -hmm. if you have people like that in your group or just in your life in general, like, you can really get through anything like a terrible breakup or someone dies you always have those people there for you and like if you don't have that type of group of friends like it's like i imagine that's so hard i'm lucky enough to have a group of friends who i just were like family um my family away from my family amen and i awesome. i just hope that they'll be there uh for the rest of my life even if i do go far away for college or i just you know, never see him in person again. As long as I get to, like, text him or call him every once in a while, just do something. And as long as we know each other, like, th that's all I really need in life. I don't I don't need much else. I'm a simple yeah. man. Simple. A, the poet said that having a, fr a true friend is like having a second self. It's mm -hmm. like you, another another, another you, like you can yeah. talk to. And do you guys know the, the, the different levels of friendship from Aristotle? Have you guys heard of that? So Aristotle, you know who Aristotle is? You guys ever heard of him? Yes. He's a Greek philosopher, right? Um, very popular. He's very integrated into the church's philosophy through St. Thomas Aquinas, who was a very famous middle-aged um, monk who was a scholar, um, basically an interpreter of Aristotle, let's say. But anyway, so Aristotle said there's three different types of friendship, right? So the first kind of friendship is like, let's just call it like entertainment friendship. So that means that the people that you hang out with, you hang out with them because they're fun to hang out with, like go to the parties or whatever. But if you get sick, 
it's not as much fun to hang out with you. So they're not going to hang out with you anymore because that's they were only in it when it's fun. You probably know people like this in your life. You have people that you know that when you really needed them, they wouldn't be there, right? Because it's not like they're in it for the good times. The second level of friendship is a friendship of utility. So that would be like if you and I, are me and Alyssa, are going to do a business deal. And I say, hey, Alyssa, I'll give you a dollar for that uh, that drink. And you're nice to me doing this because you want my dollar and I want your drink. But after that transaction, we're done. That's friendships of utility. That's a second level. But the highest level is friendship of virtue. What that means is that your friendships actually make you better people. So you and Aristotle would even consider that you and Vincenzo are friends of virtue with your father because you make him a better man, right? Like he would be an, a lazy, selfish dude if you didn't wake up every day and need him. If you didn't wake up every day and need him, you bring out the highest in your father. So that means you're a type of friend for him that pushes him up, that brings him higher and higher and higher towards what the Lord wants for him. So the question is, is how do you find those friendships in your life that make you better? Not that bring you down. There's plenty of friendships that can bring you down. The entertainment friendship, they're looking if you, you know, getting high, whatever, all that, great. Or, you know, business relationships, th that's fine. But what you're really looking for is a group of people who will make you better by knowing them. So if you find that in your, in your group, um, what's it called? In your um, youth group. Youth group that's awesome. That's really valuable. There's almost nothing more valuable than having friends like that that will make you better. Me and your dad are like that. Like he makes me better because like, you know, I wasn't really wanting to do this podcast. I was wet. I was tired. I was like, look, guys, let's not do this. But then here I go. I, I lucky enough to go upstairs and change my pants. Now I'm dry. <laughs> you guys are wet. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, just rub it in. <laughs> Brag Sorry. about it. But anyway, here we are. And like your dad was the one that did that. You didn't want to do the podcast. You were like, oh, I don't know. But here you are. You're sharing your experience with people. You're sharing your thoughts with people. And maybe somebody in Kenya <laughs> in 50 years listens to this podcast. It's like, you know, that Alyssa girl man, she <laughs> made some sense, man. But that was making sense to me. I was in a struggling place and I was about to go hang out with my friends that want to do drugs. But she told me like, you know what? Maybe I should go hang out with my friends that want to go like pray or want to go, you know, talk about the Bible study for this week. It's really powerful. So, all right. We, so I guess we're going to, um, you guys got to get rocking to, uh, Peter, we, are we going to. No, I don't know. It's up to you guys. Um, actually, as you were explaining the three groups, I remembered at the NCYC, one of the guys that was giving a talk actually said that. It just, like, all came back to me. And I feel like you kind of just, like, take a step back and realize, like, who your groups of friends are. And, yeah, just, like, being with, like, the people from RLA or youth group, whatever, like, they just give you, like, a whole different perspective on life, or, like, at least they did that for me. And I feel like just like being with them is like making me a better person. So Amen. you just need to find those people. Right. And that don't settle for less than that. Yeah. You know, for your friends. Go ahead. Go ahead, Chinsa. So <coughs> I went to two schools. I went to St. Dots and now this is my first year at Regina Luminous Academy. And at St. Dots, my group of friends, like all the boys, like you said, they're like, they're more of like an entertainment friends. Like they're not like. They're not, like, so, like, Catholic or, like, they're not, like, true friends, like, virtue friends. Like, virtue friends, they're not, like, like that. But now at Regina Luminous, 
like my friends they're like true friends they like make me a better person like they're really catholic and they make me a better person like Amen. to learn more from them i'm sure your dad feels really good for hearing yeah. you say that yeah i'm sure that like good antoine yeah i mean i every day i try and better myself to my friends and i know every day they try and do the same to me of course, I'll always have entertainment friends. There's not much I can do about that. But I know even if they won't be there for me, I'll always be there for them because at the end of the day, you're still a person. I've said this before. Right. I'm a person. You're a person. I have no reason not to help you in your darkest times. Hopefully, you see me the same way. If not, right. nah, I'm not sure. going to lose sleep over it. Sometimes what you guys will find as you grow older, you don't know who's who until you have really dark times. Yeah. So it's hard to determine like, you have to see the shakedown. Like you might think you have like I have so many friends and then something might happen to you in your life. It's really difficult. And people that you thought were at this one level might actually have been in a lower level. But some other people that you thought were at a lower level actually wow. step up yeah. and are at a much higher level of friendship with you. So that might be something that you experience in your life. Is that as you'll that, that, that the actual events of your life will help to determine who your real friends are. But it's really important to cultivate those relationships with people and always be looking for people that, and always, and the best way to um, find friends like that is to be a friend like that, right? Mm -hmm. So my, I have one of these, my business mentors, have you ever heard of Warren Buffett? You guys ever heard that name, Warren Buffett? Yep. No. You have? He's like the most famous yeah. investor world. He has a partner, this guy, Charlie Munger. He talks about like marriage and he says, you know, the best way for you to find a good wife or a husband is to, is to be worthy of one, right? So like you have to become the kind of person. So if you, Alyssa, like if you wanted to find a good husband, the best way would be for you to become the kind of person, the kind of woman that a man, a really good man would want to be with, right? Because if you're out there like doing crazy stuff and like, you know, in, in, in if you end up in Kensington, Mm -hmm. with a needle in your arm your knight in shining armor like a really good guy is probably not yeah you're, you're probably like disqualifying yourself he's like not looking in kensington for his wife right or vice versa husband yeah i agree because i feel like i have some friends or like even like guys that will complain about like their boyfriend or girlfriend and it's like you need to take like a rain check and just kind of like are you being like the girlfriend that you exactly. would exactly that's real nobody wants the, nobody likes the mirror yeah. nobody likes the finger point the finger the mirror like how are you behaving so and are you behaving in the kind of way that the kind of person that you would want in your life would want to be with you right yeah. if you're a jerk and you expect all these amazing people to want to hang out with you why would they hang out with you yeah you know? so anyway pete pete wants to pete wants to grab the mic back no i just wanted to uh thank you by the way that was outstanding with you three um, four, because Andrew always brings, always brings it to another level. So I can tell you, buddy, that my friendship with you, uh, Antoine, I just wanted to say, since you're not in our family, you are one of the best young, well, you're in our, our, uh, our extended family, but since you're not officially a DeMaio, you're a Robinson. I just wanted, um, everyone to know you're one of the best young men. I'm not kidding that yeah, I know man. when I met you last year, I thought you were a senior and here you were a 15 year old sophomore. You're one of the honestly and so thank you mr and mrs robinson for doing an outstanding job in raising a Praise really God. really really solid young man and um 
and you've been around the Catholic faith, but you're not actually Catholic, which mm-hmm. is also remarkable, Antoine, because your parents have done a good job and you're doing a good job choosing virtue rather than vice in your life, which is what we're all called to. And I'm thankful, obviously, for my children. I'm thankful for my friendship with Andrew. Um, what Andrew said is 100% true. You guys make me a better man every single day. Um, there's, there is no question. Um, it's, it's Proverbs 27, 17, where iron sharpens iron. And I want to wrap up with two thoughts from St. Augustine, um, because St. Augustine and Thomas Aquinas and Aquinas are Andrew's confirmation names. Uh, so, um, St. Augustine says to us, God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. So if you can understand, it's exactly what you guys were just discussing. When you're so busy wrapped up in all this other stuff, you don't even see the goodness that's trying to enter your life or the goodness that God is trying to give you in your Mm -hmm. life. And once we have that, what do we do with it? St. Augustine says, order your soul, reduce your wants, live in charity associate and Christian community, obey the laws, trust in providence. So once we have that and we get that goodness into our lives, now what do we do with it? How do we take action now? Order your soul, reduce your wants, live in charity, associate in Christian community, obey the laws, trust in providence. Very, very deep. St. Augustine's one of the best. And if it's okay, uh, do you want to wrap up in prayer? Amen. Let's do it. Yeah, let's pray to Mary as we wrap up, okay? Um, Thank you for this time this morning in Kensington. Thank you so much for this time with these outstanding young people. And um, we would just ask you to continue to fill us so that we can keep um, bringing ourselves closer to you and bringing others closer to you. Um, We ask this uh, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Pope John Paul II, pray pray for for us. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. And St. Joseph, pray pray for for us. And Padre Pio, pray Pray for for us. (laughs) And St. Angelina, pray for us. The patron saint of chastity and... I believe chastity. Yeah. Yeah. Alyssa's confirmation name. Awesome. All right, everybody signing off, men for life.